What's going on, Rock fans? This is PJ Pat, your favorite magazine reader, and today I'm doing something a little bit special. I'm going to be reading from a digital magazine from Guitar World. It's one of the latest ones they've released, and it's regarding, I think, the quintessential band of the 80s, Motley Crue. There you go. From Nikki Six and John Five equals Motley Crue. Super excited. As you know, there's been some controversy around Mick Mars, the original Motley Crue guitar player, suing the band right now. I think the band is actually suing him back about them kicking him out, according to him, or vice versa. They're saying that he wanted to leave. There's that whole thing, and that's why John Five is actually right now part of Motley Crue. At least he's touring with them. I'm not sure if he's officially part of the band and getting a split of the profits and also planning a new album maybe that's what they'll talk about here so let's find that out hopefully it'd be i think it'd be awesome if they come with a new album with john five playing no offense to mcmars he's awesome he's you know one of my favorite guitar players of the 80s but john five is just another level i'm not sure if you've listened to any of his solo stuff but he truly is a guitar virtuoso he definitely knows his stuff he actually started his chops being a session musician just playing any type of music he can get work from, and that is why he's just so diverse. If you check out his Instagram, he plays country music, finger-plucking stuff, bluegrass, just as easily as what he's known for, heavy metal, hard rock stuff. He's really impressive, really awesome. So looking forward to this article. Okay, let's get right into hey, it. Hey, Pat. PJ What's Pat. up, Frank? Can I tell a joke? Huh? Really? It'll be quick. Like right now. All right, shoot. Go for okay, it. Okay, here we go. This better be a good one. What is Cookie Monster's favorite band? Oreo Speedwagon. Get it? Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you're happy, Funny Fred Zed. Hopefully the audience thinks that was worth it. All right. Well, let's just jump right into it. Photos by Ross Halflin, the photographer, legendary man himself he is the rock and roll he's the quintessential of a rock and roll photographer he's been doing this forever and uh just amazing work so the title of the article is crew to the fifth power monster guitarist john five details his ascension into the ranks of motley crew written by joe basso love it love red it. white and black so rock and roll very cool some of you may know that john five is a telecaster nut he just goes crazy for him if you watch him on his Instagram, he's always playing a, what seems to be like a different Telecaster every single video, and he's done a lot of freaking videos. So, John Five, I definitely feel your passion for Telecasters. Look at this. Yeah. We're here on a picture. As long as Motley Crue are around, I don't plan on leaving. That is good to know, John Five. Good to know, because we don't plan on you planning on leaving either. So, keep it up. Okay, let's get right into it. Earlier this year, John Five woke up from a dead sleep had no idea where he was. He looked around, disoriented, blinking his bleary eyes. Oh my God, I'm on an airplane, he said to himself. Still not fully awake, he scanned his surroundings some more. The massive aircraft was a chartered affair, plush and roomy. All of the other passengers were stretched out, sound asleep. Then he started to scrutinize their faces. Who are these people? He thought. After a few seconds, he recognized guitarist Vivian Campbell, and soon he realized that all of the members of Def Leppard were on board. Not only that, but so were Vince Neil, Tommy Lee, and Nikki Six of Motley Crue. Man, what I'd pay to be on that plane. I started freaking out, John Five says. I got up and went to the back of the plane to wake myself up. What at first seemed like an out-of-body experience soon became very real. The guitarist was winging his way from the U.S. to South America in spare-no-expense rock star style as both bands, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, were about to begin their 2023 co-headline world tour. 
but the guitarist was no mere guest on the flight. A couple of nights earlier, he had made his official debut as Mick Mars' replacement with a pair of warm-up shows in Atlantic City. Dispensing with the elaborate costumes and horror goth makeup he famously donned during his years as Rob Zombie's lead axeman, John Five adopted a stripped-down, modern, motley look. Wearing a black leather jacket with his medium-length blonde hair neatly slicked back, he resembled a badass biker as he expertly peeled off familiar riffs and solos during the crew's 15-song hit-filled show. Grinning a wide, exuberant grin, he seemed to be having a high, heady time as he were living out one of his wildest teenage dreams, which in a very real sense he was. These things are so strange to me, he says. I'll be on a stage with them, and I'll be like, I still can't believe this. I'll start laughing when we're playing a song. The guys will say, what's so funny? And I'd be like, this is just so weird. We'll play same old situation, and it's so cool. Or we'll play Home Sweet Home in front of 60,000 people, and I'll look at Vince and say, this is just like the video. He pauses, then adds, This is where it's going to sound funny because it sounds like a dream. So I'm worried that I'll wake up and tell my wife, Whoa, I had this dream that I was in Muttley Crew. Making the crew cut. John Five comes to the crew as something of a name brand. As a solo artist, he's released a series of albums that highlighted his accomplished and inventive instrumental skills while reflecting his wildly eclectic tastes. Everything from bluegrass to molten metal. Yep, as I was saying earlier, he does it all. During much of that time, the guitarist born John Lowry in Gross Point, Michigan, also enjoyed an enviable run as one of LA's most in-demand musicians. Before his 17-year stint with Zombie, he served as a key member of Marilyn Manson's band. In addition, he collaborated with David Lee Roth and has contributed to projects by a dizzying and diverse array of artists. Rod Stewart, Garbage, Leonard Skinner, Lita Ford, Rick Springfield, Paul Stanley, Ricky Martin, Steve Perry, and Alice Cooper, amongst others. Wow, I had no idea about that. One of his first pro gigs after he arrived in Los Angeles was playing guitar for pop country singer Katie Lang, the Canadian herself, all right, go Canada, on her 1996-1997 world tour. Whoa, crazy. Didn't know that. To me, any similarities between any of the people I've worked with, whether it's Katie Lang or Motley Crue, it all comes down to one thing. I just love music, John Five says. Ever since I was a kid, I've loved music. It didn't have to be rock or a certain kind of thing. As a lot of people know, I watched Hee Haw on TV. There were amazing players on that show. Anybody who could do anything very well, if you were good at your craft, I was excited about it. The Crucible. John Five's ascension to the crew fold comes at a, what could be a problematic time for the veteran band. When it was announced last October that Mick Mars was leaving the group as a touring member, a representative for the musician issued a statement to Variety magazine, I'm assuming, that cited the guitarist's long struggle with ankylosing spondylitis a form of arthritis that, over time, can cause some of the bones in the spine to fuse, as a reason for his departure. In the statement, it was said that Mars would continue as a member of the band but can no longer handle the rigors of the road. There, there was, was no firm word at the time as to a replacement for Mars, though it was widely assumed that John Five would step in. This was confirmed the next day when Neil Lee Six issued their own statement saying, no doubt it will take an absolutely outstanding musician to fill Mick's shoes. So we are grateful that our good friend John Five has agreed to come on board and join us moving forward. Notable in their statement was a line that read, While change is never easy, we accept Mick's decision to retire from the band due to the challenges with his health. Then all hell broke loose. In April, Mars filed a lawsuit against Motley Crue, alleging that the band had attempted to divest him as a major stakeholder in the group's corporation and business holdings. What's more... Marge alleged that the band had engaged in a pattern of gaslighting him, belittling his musical and cognitive abilities in an effort to oust him entirely. 
While an attorney for the band had maintained that Mars' decision to cease touring equaled quitting the band outright, Mars fired back in an interview with Variety saying, Those guys have been hammering on me since 87 trying to replace me. How this situation will be resolved remains to be seen, and it should be stressed that none of these issues were broached during Guitar World's interview with John Five. Our discussion took place before Mars's lawsuit was made public. In the meantime, as a guitarist acclimates to his new gig, he remains the ultimate Molly Crew fanboy. He recalls how, as a budding young picker in the early 80s, he missed out on one of his earliest opportunities at seeing his heroes live. When they came to Detroit, we were opening for Ozzy. I was going to go. I really wanted to see the crew. But it was on a school night, so I couldn't go. I remember sitting in my friend's kitchen and I said, Motley Crue is on stage right now. I remember that vividly because I wanted to go so bad. Putting a fine point on his unbridled admiration for the band, he says, It sounds kind of cheesy, but they're the soundtrack of our lives. Just like the Beatles were for a lot of people or the Stones or anyone else, these songs have been in my head for as long as I can remember. Guitar World asks, Before you join Motley Crue, you rub shoulders with the guys quite a bit. You and Nikki even formed a side band called L.A. Rats, which includes Rob Zombie, funnily enough. John Five responds, Oh yeah, I've known Nikki for a very, very long time. We've been best friends, literally best friends. Like we know everything we could possibly know about each other. We've done a lot of work together. I worked with him on The Monster is Loose, quote unquote, which was the title track to Meat Loaf's album, Bat Out of the Hell 3. The Monster is Loose. That was amazing. We did Lies of the Beautiful People for 6 a.m., we did The Dirt together and so many other things. Ellie Rats, of course. Nikki and I talk every day, like 30 times a day. We're like two kids. We go to the mall and do stupid stuff. We run around and have fun. I've known Tommy forever, but I didn't know Vince. Take me inside how you were asked to take over guitar duties from McMars. John Five says, There was never really any talk about it. It's funny because we didn't talk about business a lot. It was so much in our lives, so we didn't talk about it. We talked about music and bands and records we love, movies and things like that. But I wouldn't say, oh, Zombie John 5 and the Creatures. I mean, Nikki would say, we're getting ready for the tour and the tour's huge and things like that. I don't even know how it came about. Guitar World asks, but at a certain point, Nikki must have said to you, I assume it was Nikki, Mick is thinking of leaving. What do you think? Are you interested? I was on a road and they were finishing up their tour. We were actually missing each other a few times. Motley were touring and I went right out with my band, The Creatures. There were times when I was playing a show in the exact same city as Motley. I'd be three miles away in this large club while they were in a stadium. At the end of the tour, Nikki was like, You know, I think Mick's going to retire. A tour's coming up. We're going to go to Europe and South America and do all this touring, he said. Is this something you'd be interested in? To be honest with you, I look at this as life is very short and I want to experience as much as I can. I was like, well, of course. You know this is my best friend. I know every single song. That's the other thing. I didn't have to learn any songs. I know them all. To get a new chapter and a new beginning in your life... What a gift it is. It's hard to explain. It's such an epiphany to receive a gift like this to go, okay, here we go. You didn't have to think about it for a few days. Right away, you said you were interested? John 5 responds, I said, I'm interested right away. This is how to say it. I'm still very, very hungry. I'm not ready to go. Boy, what a great life. I was like, yeah, I'm very interested and I want to do this. At the time this was going down, were you thinking of leaving Rob Zombie? That's a great question. No, we're friends. We're buddies. We love each other. He's the best guy ever. Still, I imagine it was a hard decision because, as you said, Rob Zombie is a friend. It was a hard decision, yes. I thought I could do both. Even Nikki was like, well, maybe you can do both. Me, Rob, Nikki, Tommy, we're all friends, but life is short. Was Rob understanding about everything? He was understanding. He understood because he's professional. It was hard because I never wanted him to be sad. That was tough, of course, because we're so close. But I had to look up for myself this time. I had to take this opportunity. 
Do you know Mick? Did you talk to him at all before you made your decision? I know Mick. We're good friends and things like that, but I didn't talk to him beforehand. Despite your strong relationships with Nikki and Tommy, was there anything like an addition? Did you have to get into a room and jam just to make sure? Not really. Nikki and I have played so many times before. We've worked together in the studio, and we've even played live together. He played Helter Skelter with Zombie. He played Shadow the Devil with me at one of my solo shows. I've worked on Tommy's records. They know how I play. I didn't have to audition, but I'll tell you this. When we got into the first day of rehearsals, it was so smooth. We ran through the whole set with intros, outros, medleys, everything in one take. It was amazing. We got into the room and they said, what do you want to start with? I said, let's start at the top. And we just went through every song. Bam, bam, bam. It gave me chills. Wow, that is just incredible. That's just incredible to hear. That is a true testament of what a professional is. There yeah. are a couple of times when I was jamming with in bands. I've been in a band since high school. And there's only a handful of times where everything just clicked right away from first and take. It's an amazing feeling. It's a very magical feeling when you nail a song on the first take and you've done everything perfectly with your guys and, and look at each other and just say, what the hell just happened? You know? It truly is magical. So it's truly awesome to see how even John Five at his level of professionalism and level in his career that he finds that still amazing, you know, still something that you strive for and that when it happens, you're just in total awe. So it's just so cool to see him talk about that and be enamored about that. Okay, back to the article. You were meeting Vince pretty much cold. Was there any kind of getting to know you period? Good question. Okay, Tommy was having his birthday party and Vince was coming. We were all there. Tommy introduced us and Vince said, hey, man. We're going to have such a great time. I was so excited to meet him, and I got emotional. I told him, you have a birthday coming up, and I think it's when we're going to be rehearsing. I'm going to get you a really cool gift. He said, you're the best gift I could have ever gotten. I was like, oh my God. It was amazing. We have such a good time together. We laugh all the time. On tour, we have these different cars to take us to the venue, but we wind up getting into the same car. <laughs> we all want to hang together and laugh and chit-chat. I think that's how we all got sick recently, because we were in each other's faces all the time. Even though you knew the band's music, did you do a little homework before that first rehearsal? I would go through the set every day. I prepare myself for everything because I never want to feel nervous. I don't like that feeling. I would study their stadium tour concerts, what Vince is going to say, where I should go during this, where I should go during that, and I mean really study. In rehearsal, Nikki would say, at the end of the song, we're going to do 10 hits here. I knew all of these endings. I knew the different ending of Livewire going down from A to A flat, G, F sharp, F, and then ending in E, which segues into Looks That Kill. They looked at me like I had the memory of a crazy elephant. I knew their live show so well because I didn't want to be nervous. Did you have to pull out any of their CDs just to make sure you had the licks and solos down? That's what I'm saying. I did it every day for months. I wanted to play those solos exactly as they were written. Those solos are so important to me as a fan, and they're so important to the audience. The squeals in Looks That Kill or the harmonics in Dr. Feelgood, these are very important to me in the world. It's like you're looking at some sheet music. You're looking at Mozart and you're like, well, I'm going to improvise over this part. No, that's how those songs are written, how they were recorded and how they should be performed. I wanted to give those songs respect. I'm just trying to get the picture here, Guitar World asks. So there wasn't even one song by the band that you didn't already know very well? Honestly, I really did know all of the crew songs. The only thing I had to learn was the arrangement of the medley that's in the middle of the band's live set list. I've known all the songs for as long as I can remember. That's, that's crazy. That is crazy. But hey, man, you know, when you're a true fan and you're a true professional, that's that's what you do. That is what you do. He probably jams to these songs like rehearsing and warming up to his own band shows or even before Rob Zombies. He's probably jamming 
for sound check on these Motley Crue songs. You know, I could totally see him do that. Okay, back to the article. Did the guy say you were free to take the songs outside and John five them a bit? I checked with the guys and said, I'm going to play them as they are on the records. They said, okay, well, you can have a solo. And that's when I go completely berserk. It's kind of a perfect situation. Do you think you might suggest to the guys the idea of playing some deep cuts? Oh, of course. At rehearsal, I'm that guy. They'll say, can you check the guitar really quick? And I'll play Louder Than Hell or Bastard. I'll play 10 Seconds to Love. Any of these deep cuts. They'll say, oh, kick ass. Whenever they suggest something, it's like, you know all these songs. It's like you were in a Beatles and they said, hey, let's try Hey Bulldog. Who knows what we'll do in the future? I'm ready and prepared. Man, he sounds so psyched and so excited to be there. That's really cool. That attitude is really coming off from the article, which is great. Let's talk about your first show with the band. Were you nervous about crew fans accepting you? There's always that thing. He's not Mick. I wasn't nervous about the show. I was like, yay, let's do this. Everybody was like, are you nervous? And I was like, no, because I was prepared. If somebody said, give me bar 22 of Shout at the Devil, I would say, okay, <laughs> that's how prepared I was. But of the people wanting to accept me, if they said, he's not McMars, it's like, I'm not McMars, I'm John 5. It would be silly if I came out with a long black wig and a hat, you know? I'm my own person. For instance, I love Kiss, right? I love Kiss. And yes, I can attest to this. John 5 absolutely adores Kiss. He keeps on bringing them up in his social media. But I would never put on Ace's makeup. Never. I'd create my own character. And if they said I couldn't do that, I'd say, then I'm not the guy. Damn right. That's how it should be. Not going to comment on what's going on with Kiss right now with the new guys replacing Peter Chris and Ace Fraley. That's another conversation. Moving right along. Have you had to change anything about your own personal guitars or gear for the crew gig? You're still playing the tellies. I'll tell you, I had to put this weird contraption on my guitar. It's called the Floyd Rose weird contraption. For those of you who don't know, that Floyd Rose is synonymous with shredder guitars. So um, you can kind of use that whammy bar and do like whammy bar bombs and dive bombs with it without your strings going out of tune. Okay, I've heard of those. <laughs> They're new. Guitar World laughs. Yeah, it's weird. This thing's got a bar on it and it makes the strings go up and down. Again, I'm who I am. I've always played tellies. Actually, Mick played tellies a lot throughout his career. Now that you mention it, in some of the clips I've seen you with the crew, I noticed you were using a whammy bar. Yeah, I had to put Floyd's on all of my tellies. Listen, I was a Van Halen nut, so I had Floyd's, and I know everything about them. I just haven't played with a Floyd in a while because I would do all that stuff behind a nut. Right, so what he means by that, John 5 does a lot of like weird stuff or weird picking behind the nut of the guitar. So that's kind of like where the headstock is. So I guess if you put a Floyd Rose on there, it affects that sound somehow is what he's trying to say. So when I got the guitars with Floyd's, it wasn't any kind of crazy thing. It was fine. Are there, are there any significant tonal adjustments you've had to make to suit the Molly Crew sound? I did have to make my sound more distorted at some points. I'm using the two distortion pedals to have the harmonics and the squeals both come out just perfect every time. But you know, I wanted to say something because you mentioned the fans. The fans have been so happy and accepting. They know I'm one of them. I love these guys so much and the fans have been so kind. I'm just playing the songs the way they've heard them. It's not like I'm trying to do anything crazy. I read all the comments and of course, you're always going to have people to say, he's not Mick. And it's like, yeah, I'm not trying to be Mick. If they say he shouldn't be playing a telly, it's like, but Mars plays a telly for so many years. For Girls, 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 he played a telly. When the band went to Russia, he played a telly the entire time. He loves tellies, but the fans have been very accepting. I'll go down to the lobby and I'll sign all the stuff. It's just wonderful. Of course it's concerning, but it's been such a smooth transition. Has being in the band given you a different or renewed appreciation for Mick Mars's work? Oh no, 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 no. I've had a beyond appreciation for Mick Mars 
Ever since I was a little kid, I love McMars. Nothing has changed. Knowing these songs as a kid is how I know them now. I used to play Harpo's and the Ritz and all these clubs, and we'd play monthly crew songs. I have such a high appreciation for Mars, of course. I always have and always will. I just want to play these songs to where the guys are proud. Has there been any talk of recording new material with the band? John 5 replies, John 5 replies, We've been in the studio with Bob Rock, and we've been having a great time, just like we do on our tour, laughing and playing music. Wow, so cool. So they're recording an album with Bob Rock? That's amazing. I mean, for those of you who don't know Bob Rock, I mean, he's the producers of all producers when it comes to rock. He's right up there with Michael Wagner. Bob Rock did, just to let you know, Metallica's Black Album, Mic Drop. Bam, right there. That's all I need to know. It's coming along really quickly. The songs are super heavy and everybody's excited. Wow, I'd be so excited to check out that album. Man, I can't wait. I wonder when it's coming out. He doesn't say. Okay, last question from Guitar World. In your mind, how long do you envision staying part of the crew lineup? I envision staying with Molly Crew. As long as Molly Crew are around, I don't plan on leaving. And I hope I never get fired. It's such a wonderful band to be in. It really is a dream to be playing with your friends. It's something I never envisioned, but I'm so thankful it's happened. That is so cool. John 5. You know, with every interview I've seen with John 5 and just watching him on Instagram and all the different type of interviews with interaction with rock stars that he posts, he's just such a cool dude. You know, very laid back dude. No drama type of guy is what I'm seeing. And that's probably one of the big reasons why he's such a wanted session musician. I'm also such a wanted guy to play in these big bands is because he's just no drama and he knows his shit. You know what I mean? He sounds like a true professional. He is a true professional. He studies before his gigs. He hones his craft. He's constantly practicing. I mean, that's cool. I mean, you know, to have a, a bandman like that must be a wonderful thing. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. Funny Fred, Zed, and I really appreciate your support and loyalty. Rock on, and we'll see you in the next video. All right. Don't forget to reach out to me on Twitter or now called X at PG Pat Loves Rock. You can reach out to me on Instagram as well at PG Pat Loves Rock. And I hope to connect with you there.